Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. It is day two of training camp. We spent through the offseason like, ah, oh, it's nearly here. And then we got a practice yesterday that got pushed inside. So it feels like today is like the official, like first real day of practice. And like, it's it's nice. The fans got to be out there today to watch it as well. And as you were mentioning to me off, off, off air here, it was that very hot today in Chicago. I can tell you one thing. It's not very hot here. <laughs> No. <laughs> I like to borrow some of that. It's supposed to even be even hotter out there tomorrow uh, for for the Friday practice. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. It's uh yeah, football's back. We're uh back to it up in House Hall, and it's uh exciting to get back with this team. How does it feel to uh, like camp? Kind of, it was one of those. There's always that like six weeks before that. There's like it's that dead period. You get to it, and then day one, they announce a contract extension for Cole Komet, which I think everybody was talking about for a couple of weeks and being like, when is this going to happen? He's probably the most likely guy because of kind of the way they talk about it. But what was your reaction first when you heard that it came out just as practice was starting, but then when the numbers started to filter out, what, what did you think of that? Because it's the first contract extension in terms of multi-year deal that um, Ryan Poles has, has given one of his players. Yeah, happy for Cole. Obviously, you know the dude's worked his butt off. He's really, yeah. He said it. He his, the term he used. He's like, he looked like an idiot out there as a rookie, and I don't know if he looked like an idiot, but he at times did look like a rookie for sure. Um, I appreciate the way that he's improved himself as a player. He even admitted he's like blocking wasn't a strength of his coming out of college in the NFL. He's one of the better blocking tight ends now in the NFL. He's earned that. He's made himself into that kind of player. Uh, we talk a lot about this running game and what what you know the Bears were able to accomplish last season with over three thousand yards leading the league in rushing. Cole's a big part of that. Like he's an extension of the old line, and uh, you know as this team continues to build this offensive identity, like Cole's a big part of that. Um, but honestly, what he meant in the red zone too, career high seven touchdowns last year. Uh, Justin Fields really came to rely on him, and you can see that trust was continuing to grow. Uh, I'm not surprised that all this got done right away because this was seemed like a shoe in in a lot of ways. I know it's not. I know these are difficult negotiations, and Ryan Poles even kind of said that you know this was a tough one. You know, he's got Cole's got some very good agents on his side. They were looking out for his future, but you knew Cole wanted to be with the Bears, and you know the Bears really valued him. It was such a natural match, and they got it done. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I saw a lot of people. There's always blowback when it comes to like these prices and stuff, especially with everything that's gone around with like running backs recently where people are like, I know it was a big kind of topic of conversation today when Khalil Herbert was speaking, but where I didn't get it is people would mention a lot of these other tight ends where purely just kind of pass catchers. Right. And you mentioned it there. Cole Komet basically does both. So he, and you're not going to see the kind of glamorous kind of, stats the whole time because he's not solely going to be pushed outside and it's one thing that I was happy that he was able to get it done because like you said he's one of those guys that I think a lot of Bears fans weren't as happy as the very beginning when he was drafted but then you saw a guy very similar to kind of like Darnell Mooney as well where kind of well Mooney was a fifth round guy a guy that you've seen has improved and has worked on his craft and ends up getting paid I we kind of were talking about this throughout the offseason, which guy that's currently up for a contract extension deserves it the most. And the one I kept coming back to was Cole Komet because obviously very good. But then also what he was able to provide in an offense last year that 
for parts of the year was kind of broken. Like early on, they weren't able to do anything. But then obviously Justin got better. We saw kind of there was a couple of weeks there where they were getting those 30 points a game. But then Justin goes down. But Komet was one of the consistent factors in the offense last year. And we mentioned it yesterday in kind of our recap of day one is his touchdowns may go down. His yardage may go down just because Robert Tonyan's there. But Mm -hmm. he could actually have a better season even though they could go down because the offense can just work a lot better because there's more options out there. So it's a, it's definitely an interesting one in terms of the way it's gone about. I'm glad that it got done at the beginning of camp, but like we said, today is the, was kind of like the first proper practice. Cause as Iberflu said yesterday, it was more like an OTA type session. Obviously people like offense. We are, we've seen kind of the DJ Moore and Justin Fields connection keeps growing all the time. And yep. It's, it just seems like it's going to be one of those that when, when Justin gets in trouble, he's going to have someone he can launch the ball to and hopefully can come down with it. So what's been your, I guess, first look of the offense? Because that's the one that it takes a little bit of time for these guys all to come in, all to gel together. But it does seem like there is that kind of instant chemistry between Justin and DJ. Yeah, it's hard to gauge too much into the offense as a whole just because the walkthrough for the first day was <laughs> kind of throw that out, just going through some stuff. Today you got a lot of one versus one, but, you know, they're not in full pads yet. They'll get into that next Tuesday, I believe, and that's when you really start getting a sense of kind of where everybody is. But the one thing that does continue to stand out is what you mentioned. It's Justin Fields to DJ Moore. It feels like every practice throughout the course of the offseason program in a veteran minicamp, now the first few days of training camp, there's been like a fields to more player. It's like, wow. Like he just, it's a very natural connection. And it's wild because not only because, you know, it's, we've seen a couple spectacular plays or spectacular throws, but it's the way that DJ always seems to get open over the top. And it's, it's never like the wild plays, never like a little, like a diving catch for like a first. It's always a touchdown, right? It's always <laughs> beating somebody over the top. Um, they worked hard on that chemistry and not only fields and more but fields and chase Claypool fields and Darnell Mooney certainly have the chemistry established already. He's in a really good place. I was talking about Justin in year three, where he's got reliability and consistency with these wide receivers. And that goes for commit as well. We just talked about Robert Tunyon. He's going to get established with this running game done off to such a great role last year and leading the league and building that identity, the foundation on which this whole offense stands but the passing game really has great potential because of what Fields has done to develop this chemistry with these guys. And it certainly helps when you got like a more that's your number one, your true number one receiver. And then you can go down from there. You're going to get more opportunities for Claypool. You're going to get more opportunities for Mooney now. You said a hey, commit might not begin the, the bulk of uh, the workload like he did a lot of last year, but he's going to get, you know, he'll be that red zone guy. Tunyon's going to be that red zone guy. We see Tunyon already lined up on the outside as a receiver a lot. We've seen Claypool lined up for the inside in the slot. Um, so you're also seeing not only what the connections that are set, but Luke Getzey starting to get creative with what he can do with these guys and the ways that they can create those mismatches. Yeah, and it's interesting because when obviously is we get to see, and you you guys get to kind of tweet out a little bit more when the fans are there, when it, when it comes to the public side yeah. of things. But it, it's interesting because it seemed very early on we are starting to see a lot of names where like, Tyler Scott and seeing kind of his speed. We heard a little bit more about Velas, which again, not a lot of people were expecting because everybody is so focused in on on DJ, on Chase, on Darnell. But what's kind of your opinion of maybe some of those other guys that are gonna have 
okay, maybe they might not be getting most of the reps when it comes to the regular season, but there's going to be a play here or two where those guys are going to filter in and can they create a mismatch? I think Tyler Scott's an obvious one because it seemed like today his speed was put on, on notice where oh, yeah. even if it was with PJ Walker, if it was with Justin, it's, it's one of those that when you looked at him in the draft cycle, that's the obvious thing that he had. Now, what's your impressions early on and what he was able to do? Because we haven't seen a lot from him in terms of being with Justin throughout the OTAs and stuff like that. But then it seemed like today he was able to filter in and out. Yeah, and somebody asked me at camp today, who's a rookie who's going to stand out? And right away, no hesitation for me, it's Tyler Scott. Um, I think when often when you hear, oh, this guy's a speedster, you think, okay, that's all his game is. He's a savvy player too. And I didn't really come to appreciate that until – I got to see him throughout the course of the offseason program, like consistently savvy at the top of his routes. Uh, he's not just a run right by you kind of guy. He can't really do that in the NFL. He's really good. He's really quick twitch, able to run strong, pristine routes. And he said when he got drafted by the Bears in the fourth round, I'm still wrong developing player. And I appreciate a guy who, who sees that. That also means I'm willing to work to be a better player. It, you see the dividends of what I think he understands, like, the speed thing almost can become a knock on you in a way, right? I think there's so many guys in the league, you think like a Darius Hayward Bay. It's like, oh, this guy is so darn fast. And, okay, he can't catch. Like, um, John Ross was the one of a couple years ago. I think he just retired. Like, that's not one of those guys where he's just speed. And if you watch him run these routes and you get to see him in practice, you really kind of come to appreciate it. Luke Gensey was asked today, what's the ceiling on this guy? Uh, How high up the depth chair could he go? And he didn't really want to give a specific answer, but – Keep an eye on this guy throughout the course of, of training camp, and you'll see him in those preseason games. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy taking the top off of defense and you know some big moments in some preseason games and really drawing some attention. Yeah, we're, we did a, a show. I think it was about a week before the draft, and we were picking, I think it was three guys on offense and three guys on defense that are kind of your underrated or gems of the draft cycle. And the wide receiver we picked was Tyler Scott, completely not thinking that he was going to be able to come to the Bears because at that stage, people were projecting him as like a late second-round player, third-round player. And when he kept falling and eventually went to the Bears, the, the two things that, as you mentioned, that we kind of spoke about, obviously the speed is one, but it is kind of the, the route running because what I do like about him is that, yeah, he could run past a, a, a corner or something that's maybe – not paying attention because the speed is just there. But it's one of those that if you can get him in open space just with the ball in his hands, that's where you can kind of see it as well. And he's able to do that because, as you mentioned, he does have crisp reps. And we, for some of those other guys like John Ross, Darius Hayward, we've seen other, other, some of the receivers last year for the Bears that had speed. <laughs> yeah. But it's how they use it in terms of you have to be a, a little bit deceptive within your route tree as well. And that's what I liked about him coming out. So it's, it's nice to see that he's able to to establish that early on in camp and hopefully he can build on that. And, and but, he's got a great head on his shoulders too. I think that, that's the other thing. Like he seems really eager to work and to improve. He's like Ryan Pulse has done a, a great job of identifying, you know, character guys and guys who who really, you know, they, they got that they got that extra gear. They want to continue to grow. I think he's one of those guys truly who believes like I can be great, but I gotta work for it. I think he's really arrow pointing up throughout the course of his whole rookie year. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we all everybody focuses in on the rookies, and obviously people want to see kind of the early picks, but it's so, it's so difficult this year because until the pads come on. 
because you're not going to know really anything about Darnell Wright until the pads come on. Same thing with the two defensive tackles. We get to see a little bit of Tyreek Stevenson, which I'm liking the fact that he's being put up against DJ Moore and being put up against Chase Claypool because you want him to be tested against your best guys because if he's going to be one of the starters at some point in time, he's going to come up against those best guys because the Bears don't typically just have like Jalen Johnson following guys around the field. They'll keep to their sides. And I think that was one of the problems last year was we didn't really have that other option other than Jalen Johnson. And now it seems that if Tyreek is able to establish himself and be able to look, I think what I've seen from most people saying is that, okay, yeah, DJ Moore's beaten him, but DJ Moore beats a lot of, co- a lot yeah. of corners out there. So it's really good practice for him to be able to do this every single day. Cause it'll get a little bit easier when the actual games come around. Yeah, I, I have a great appreciation for what Matt Eberflus and his staff do with rookies, and they're not interested in, okay, we're going to, you know, you got to earn your spot. Like, Darnell Wright did not have to beat out, no disrespect to Larry Borum, but, like, yeah. you know, they didn't put Larry Borum as the first-team right tackle and say, all right, the rookie's got to earn it. Like, wait till like, late August. We'll see how he's developing, how he is when he puts on the pads. Like, no, Darnell Wright was out there day one of the offseason program as the starting right tackle. Tyreek Stevenson was out there day one of the offseason program as the starting uh, corner. Uh, the two de- the two second uh, the two defensive tackles on day two were out there. Like, you go down the line, Tyler Scott seeing action, Roshan Johnson seeing carries. I I like that, right? It, it's I think it's so nonsensical in a lot of way that some of these teams do this. So if we got to have this rookie earn it, they're missing experience. Like you said, it, Tyreek Stevenson. Yeah, he's got to beat by DJ Moore. That's okay. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's day one of, like, full speed outdoor training camp here. You're, you're supposed to get beat. You're a rookie. You're supposed to make mistakes. What do you learn from it? Like, what is Tyreek Stevenson saying when he puts on the tape after practice and, okay, this is what happened. This guy, he beat me on this step. You're like, it's okay. It's July. You're, you're allowed to make mistakes. But the fact that the Bears put them in a position where you can make mistakes, I think that's a very valuable thing because – uh, today's July 27th, so August 27th, when you're getting really close to the regular season, Tyree Stevenson's going to be a much better quarter because of the action that he's gotten. Darnell Ryan, they put on full pads next week. He's going to be a much better right tackle in a month from now because of what he's learned. Guy yeah, like Demarcus Walker, by the way, was bringing it today, bringing the energy, bringing the juice. De- Darnell Wright, when he gets a chance to go one on one with that guy, full pads, he's going to be a much better player because of it. Like, that's the iron sharpens iron mentality. And I appreciate that the Bears aren't holy map rookies. Like, you drafted this guy. You believe in him. You got a young roster. Put these guys out there in a position where they can make an impact and learn and grow. So what you're saying is that we you shouldn't start Andy Dalton over Justin Fields in this rookie year. <laughs> well, hey, look at the Panthers, though. They got Andy Dalton. They didn't wait around. They said Bryce, uh, Bryce Younger, our starting quarterback. Andy, uh, you can hang out here. Like, I like that mentality too. Yes, it's it's you can do that. It's okay. Me too. And we're gonna see the same thing in Indy when you get to see Anthony Richardson because he's been with the ones the entire time, and it's it's the way to go. Because look, like you said, if you believe in these guys, you should be putting them in there at least during during camp to get the experience. Because even if you are planning on starting a veteran, most of these veterans have done camp a bunch. They don't really need it. They need it to get there to get in game shape, right? But most of these guys that have been around the team will get their playbook now. They'll get to that point, and once the regular season starts, they'll be good to go. But these rookies have a big learning curve. And we always say there's certain, especially a cornerback, there's such a contrasting difference from when we see them now versus 
the end of the season. It's one of those positions that is they constantly have to learn, and it's it's going to be interesting. But I do like it. And one of the things that you mentioned was even just Demarcus Walker today, and we heard so much about the offense yesterday, where obviously it was a little bit easier because it was more like tag football the way it was going. But it's nice to see, and I put this out during during the practice was that it's nice to know that both the offense and the defense are going at it and they're both making plays because in previous years, it seemed like it was like early on defense, defense, defense. Yep. And it's actually, I was saying it, it's weird, but it's actually nice to hear like some positivity about like what the offense is doing, but then at the same time, see that the defense are making plays as well, because you don't just want it on one side. You want these guys, like you said, iron sharpens iron. Like, even I know fans would freak out, but the fact that there was a bunch of or a couple of balls that could have been picked today, I'm like, I would have rather than pick it off because you know your defense needs to make those plays, and Ibrahimovic will probably go in on them for for dropping a load of those passes. So, what's been your opinion of that in terms of the fact that it's not just the one side of the ball? We're seeing plays being made on both offense and defense, especially so early on in camp because that's typically when most of the mistakes happen. Yeah, I love what you said, too, about defense, defense, defense. I mean, this is my ninth year covering the team, and I think all eight years prior, it was all defense, defense. The, the offense yeah. was out of sync, and it, it kind of continues on that trend, right? It's Yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of days where the offense is winning, and that's okay. That's great in a lot of ways. It's not an indictment of the defense by any means. Like, defense is going to be pretty good. You had a pass rusher, you get to be a great defense here, but this offense is going to be able to hold its own. I am really excited to see these guys get the pads. I think it's like the third or fourth time I've mentioned. I'm excited for this. I want ready to see it. But in particular with Justin Fields, because even Luke Getzi said it, it's like, look, he's not going to get hit back there. There's no threat. You know, it, they're not even in full pads. I, I know he's not going to get hit in full pads, but it's different. The speed's different. The intensity's different. I really want to see how Justin Fields looks at that point because he wasn't great for a lot of the offseason program. There are a lot of times where he was noticeably struggling, where the processing wasn't quite there, where he's holding on to the ball too long. I think it's going to be different now. I think he's in a much better place with these receivers, where he trusts these guys, where he believes in uh, he believes in them. He also understands the routes that they're running and what he needs to do to connect with these guys. I think it's going to be a lot different for Justin Fields this time around because he has so much work under his belt with these guys. And he can really put himself in position to be successful and, yeah, and when you do get to the point where it is full pads, where it's a different speed and you're going at a higher rate, and if you see Justin Fields having great days out there, that's going to be really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've heard it enough, even some of the guys, like there was, I think we've heard some people say about like there was a chance where it looked like Jaquan Brisker wanted to hit somebody today. You have all the running backs. Really. You, every time you hear Roshan talk, he's like, I want the pads on. You hear, I think it was today with Khalil Herbert. He was like, well, can't really tell much until the pads come on. And like you said, it's the same with the offensive line. We don't know what they're going to be like until they go up against the defensive line where they actually have the potential where they have to protect the quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. The defensive line obviously has been a big topic of conversation. Um, it's good to hear Demarcus Walker was one of those guys because the Bears are going to need somebody to step up here in terms of the pass rush. We, they've done such a good job this offseason in identifying a lot of the holes that they did have and fixing them. Like I remember we were doing, a, I think, a show a couple of weeks ago, and we were just going through the roster prior to training camp, and we came away being surprised that they actually filled 
as many holes as they did because we expected coming into it that there would still be a bunch of them. And when you look at this team as like a glaring weakness seems to be edge rusher. And I know you, you did a story yesterday and some potential guys that could be brought in. And where do you think that's going to go? Do you think that they're still waiting for kind of prices to come down a little bit? I know there was a, there was a rumor earlier on, maybe it was the day before about Justin Houston you mentioned about kind of Yannick Ngakwe yesterday as one of the kind of prime free agents still out there. Where do you think this is is headed? Yeah, I feel you actually clear up the Yannick Ngakwe thing because they, they turned into a game of telephone. I know. <laughs> I, I feel that. This is something I've written, I think, the last month or six weeks that I, I think I heard in June that that he, from multiple sources uh, who know, like, know the situation well, like, He's interested in the Bears. He likes them. He sees them as an option. He wants to win. He wants also a multi-year deal, and he thinks the Bears could be that fit. I don't necessarily know if the Bears are willing to meet his price. Like He's looking for a high price. Um, This is a guy who's played for four teams over the last three years. He's bounced around quite a bit. Uh, He wants stability. He wants a place that he can call home is my understanding. And he also wants a lot of money. And he's he's earned it, right? (laughs) Seven years in the league. Uh, He's had no fewer than eight sacks in any of those years. I think it could get done for the Bears still. I, mm-hmm. I say all that to preface it, but I do think, look, it's such a natural fit, right? I mean, the Bears desperately need that pass rusher. This is one of the most steady veterans you can find, and he still happens to be on the market. I'm curious to see where this goes. I do think it gets resolved for Ngakwe in the next days or week, probably. Uh, you mentioned the other option is Justin Houston, and yeah, the link's there. Matt Eberflus, uh, Ryan Poles have each worked with him. Poles was part of scouting him and bringing him into Kansas City. Like, that's a different case, though. That that guy's in his 30s. Yannick Ngakwe is 28. Like, Ngakwe is a long-term fit. That's a guy you're bringing in for a multi-year investment and believe that he's a core player of your defense. So he wants to be paid as such. Houston's obviously a different case with a guy who's up there in years and experience, but he can make an impact. And then, obviously, the Chase Young situation, too. Like, it sounds like Washington's going to hold on to him, but there's always a price for everything, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know what that price is right now, but – they declined the fifth-year option. It means they're probably open for business in some form with Chase Young. So Ryan Poles has said, gosh, since the end of the draft in, in, in late April into May, yeah, we're looking at that edge rusher market. We're going to keep evaluating it. We're constantly looking to upgrade our – he said it so many different times. Like, it's there. You, you know you're glaring hole on this roster. There's an opportunity to improve it. I think at this point it's just about well, letting the market settle a little bit, letting it get a little bit more reasonable. Uh, I do think there's a strong chance that Yannick Ngakwe can be a part of the Bears, that they do get something done. But obviously they've had plenty of opportunity to do it so far, and they haven't reached a price point yet. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, it's an interesting one because at different stages of the offseason, we've had different people that have been on the show, and they've mentioned that the Bears are they've had interest in terms of they have reached out to see what the price level is. and that's where I was kind of thinking in terms of with us getting closer to camp, you see kind of the stories with Justin Houston. At what time, at what point, if Ngakwe was interested in the Bears, if he sees there potentially could sign somebody else, does that maybe bring it a little bit further down? It's, it's an interesting one. Do you think that the Bears would want to invest in a multi-year deal for one of these free agent kind of edge rushers or do you think they might be in just the market of getting that bridge guy knowing that you have still a good amount of money to spend next year but also the draft capital is more sense for them to 
look, they have money now. They can give them an extension. It's not going to kill you in the cap space because you you have so much money this year and going into next year until you have to pay Justin Fields. Yeah, it's a really good question because I think the answer is kind of both in a way, right? Yankwe is the only one you look at and say that's the multi-year deal guy. That's the guy who's a long-term fit, two, three, four years, whatever whatever that deal may be. Uh, Houston, obviously, mentioned is in a different situation. Chase Young, a little bit more complicated because he did have his fifth-year option declined, and uh, he is set to become a free agent after this year. But So I think it's a matter of, you know, and Yankwe, obviously, I think, you'd like to have a long-term fit. This team and this defense looks like it's going in the right direction. I mean, you're adding a core piece to a defense that's got quite a few now and is really kind of arrow pointing up. Uh, I'd be intrigued by that if I'm Ryan Poles, but at the same point, I, it's all hypotheticals right now. I don't know exactly yeah. kind of what, what that price point is. And Ryan Poles is probably going to be very careful with that cap space. Like he had to dig the bears out of cap hell and put them in a situation. Now, like you don't want to overpay for somebody because uh, instead of taking that one-year deal with the guy like a Justin Houston or somebody else, like it's a fine line. Uh, I don't know where it stands right now. It's a really interesting situation, but we do know like they want that edge rusher. They believe in some guys have internally too. I mean, Demarcus Walker, I mentioned, I think they're expecting big things from Travis Gibson this year, Dominique Robinson. They're hoping for more from, but they need that one more guy. Right. And they're still out there. There's opportunities right there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because we were asking this question, I think it was either yesterday or last week, that where does the expectation go? Like, let's say the Bears do decide to sign Yannick Ngakwe. Let's say they give him, like, a three-year deal or something like that, or a four-year deal. Where do you think the expectation should be? Because right now, I think for most Bears fans out there, it's fairly even. You see they get anywhere from, like, seven to nine wins. I think people are saying, okay, well, then you can see development there. But if you do kind of fix that main area of weakness, which is the edge rusher, do you think that expectations st- should start to increase? Or do you think that no matter what, it should kind of remain where we're at, where it's just hope for kind of the development of the team and try and build this gradually rather than doing the whole worst the first thing and then it going yeah. back again? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've said – I see them as like a seven to 10 win team right now. <clears throat> if they do go out again and get I'd be willing to say they're maybe, maybe nine win team, maybe 10 win team. Like I, I think he would add so much more to this defense because they are leaning so much on the back end and this linebacking group, like it, it's a very impressive young defense, but it's just missing that one clear cut, obvious piece. Like somebody's got to get after the quarterback. It's astonishing that we're sitting here on July 27th and they haven't addressed that. Position. I know. <laughs> I mean, Demarcus Walker is a nice player, but like, I don't think you can bank on him for the kind of like consistent production year over year. We'll see. I, I, they see him as as a really intriguing player, but I don't know. It, it's it's kind of crazy that we've gotten to this point and that position hasn't been addressed, and there's still options out there. I, Brian Pulis has played his cards right. He's been patient with this, and he understands the need there. I mean, he hasn't at any point when he's been asked about the edge rusher, he's never said, "No, we're good. We like the guys we got. We're fine with that." Like. He's admitted they're looking, they're assessing that market and seeing what's out there. So are a lot of other teams. Like you can get yeah, plenty yeah. of uh, plenty of teams out there, GMs that say we could use that one more edge rusher. So it's why Yagakwe is still sitting out there. He's not desperate to sign anywhere. Like he, the market's been there for months, and he's a guy who's comfortable signing late and arriving to a team and stepping in and being productive. So uh, he's not going to lose any production. He certainly hasn't lost any value because of waiting out. But. Uh, 
uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. It's something that's, I think, a fluid situation. And we're still sitting here just a couple days into camp. Like, a lot's going to play out here between now and uh, the next couple of weeks as that market really settles. Yeah, look, I, I think it's an interesting one to see at what point does he kind of go for it and which which guy is he going to bring? Because I think it's obvious they were going to sign somebody or they're going to – I don't, I, I don't think that they're going to trade for anybody unless the price is pretty low because I don't think they want to give up much capital um, unless it's for a guy that truly deserves it. But I guess that before before we kind of end the show today is we always kind of talk about some of the standout players. I know we mentioned kind of DJ Moore or Justin Fields, but was there anybody that kind of caught your eye today where you're like, I'm going to pay more attention to this player over – the coming practices, one that maybe not like, not kind of the, the main guys that everybody's focused in on. Is there anybody that kind of caught your eye either yesterday or today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I will be paying a lot of attention to Chase Claypool. I'm fascinated by him and what he's trying to accomplish this season. Hey, you know, this is a guy who's polarizing player now, and he's entering that pivotal fourth year. What he said is the biggest year of his life, and he's healthy. He's in a good place. I think emotionally, mentally, he's put in a lot of work now to like to get this playbook down. Like he detailed it a bit speaking with us yesterday about these flashcards and quizzing himself on the, the names of the play, the verbiage, uh, the routes that he has to run. Yeah, and then he'd go on and physically run those routes. And if he went through a card and he didn't know his assignment when he flipped over the card, he'd put that aside, save that for later, make sure he had everything down. Like this guy works his butt off. On his own, just like away from the facility, just to get this down. Then he went down to Florida and worked with Justin Fields and developed that chemistry because that chemistry was so missing at the end of last season when he arrived. I think Fields is used to a guy who's got, you know, that quick twitch, great route runner, somebody who's able to get himself open. Claypool's not that guy, but he's a physical specimen. Like the dude's six inches or five inches taller than a corner that's going to be facing him. You can get him the ball even if he's not wide open. I think that part, I think that box is checked out because he and Justin have worked on that. I really want to see this guy become an impact player within this offense. He had an impressive catch today. I think he's going to have a lot more highlights throughout the course of training camp. But can he be that guy now when that play's breaking down and Justin needs somebody open downfield? Can he be that impact guy over the top? Or is he going to be somebody uh, who's that key player at receiver and really continues to, or I should say, gets back to that form of his rookie season? Like, I'm fascinated by Chase Claypool. I'm going to be watching him really closely throughout. And I'll give you one more on the other side of the ball. It's an easy one, but Tremaine Edmonds. Like, this guy stands out when you look at the defense. I mean, when you see that starting group line up, ones on ones, like, he looks like four feet taller than everybody else on the field. Like, he's that big. He's that quick. Uh, It's really impressive to see this guy. The natural comparison for a Bears fan is Brian Urlacher, the, the last, you know, physical guy that big uh presence that you had in the middle of the defense like it's fun to see that kind of, not saying Edmonds is Brian Urlacher but like this guy's played at a very high level throughout his career and it's fun to see the Bears kind of going back to that kind of style Edmonds along with TJ Edwards and Jack Samward you got a pretty good linebacking group there yeah it's uh, when I've seen the pictures of Edmonds today I was like, he looks like the creative player you'd make in Madden. He's yeah. just like, it is, I mean, it is crazy. I mean, and quick, like, it's impressive. His numbers back it up. I, the fact that he hit the market at, what, 24 years old or whatever it is, like, after five years under his belt, it's just, he he's everything you want in a free agent. When you talk about, you know, adding a guy who helps you out for the long term and is that key core piece, like, 
you notice him so much throughout the course of, of these practices. Yeah, because we were always talking about when it got to free agency where Pose was always saying that if he was going to pay, it needs to be fitting in with the age profile, athletic profile. And not many people expected it to be Edmonds just because of the whole, obviously, letting Roquan go and the linebacker position. But then when you think back and you're like, of course he was going to sign a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. It made so much sense. But, yeah, it's 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 very exciting kind of moving this forward because, like we said, I think Pulse has done a pretty good job here of improving the talent on this football team. It'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to box off that kind of last kind of glaring hole for this season where it's kind of that edge rusher. If that does happen, I think there will be a, a lot of excitement amongst the fan base, probably a lot of excitement amongst the players. Like we heard today, I think Pulse was mentioning that some of the players had come up to him after they heard about the Cole Command extension. That does a lot for the locker room when they see when you perform, you get compensated. And it's a, it's a big thing that it's like the first box ticked, but it's, it's nice to go into a training camp with a lot of excitement. And look, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's great. It's great having you on. I think it's been a little bit since we had you on the last time. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I know you guys are busy over there. You're there's a, there's a lot of stuff to be doing. Do you want to let anybody know if you have any stories, if you have any kind of shows coming up that you'd like people to kind of tune into? Yeah. I mean, all, all the coverage every day out there, uh, 670thescore.com as well as uh, Marquee Sports Network.com. I'll be on uh, the reporters on Marquee Sports Network Sunday. Uh, plenty of training camp talk from that. And, um, yeah, follow on Twitter. I'll, you know, like you mentioned, you do get the live updates throughout the course of training camp. So uh, I'll be tweeting away. It's always fun. I, I love the uh, love this time of year. Yeah, everybody, make sure you put the little notification bar so you don't miss anything. It's all that's the easiest way to follow it all. Get all the beat reporters. Get the just make sure you hit the little notification one on Twitter. It's the easiest way to not miss anything. So look, Chris, I really appreciate you joining the show today. It, it's it's always great to have you on, especially get that insight into kind of what's happening at camp especially on those days where it is just you guys it is just the media and the fans don't get to be out there you guys are kind of that link between the fan base and the team so i know everybody appreciate appreciates what you guys do well i appreciate that thank you so much thank you for having me on all right thank you so much chris look it is always good to have one of these guys on um again chris does a really really good job uh just to let you guys know before we end the show today we will have another one tomorrow I believe Noel will be taking um, control of that. So he'll be giving you guys all the updates that happen at camp, kind of who were some of the top performers, um, who stood out. If there's any news, hopefully we do get some news, as Chris said, that there could be a possibility within the next few days or weeks um, that maybe they do sign somebody. So that'll be a nice little thing if that happens tomorrow for, for Noel to chat about. But look, there's a hell of a lot going in at camp, trying to dissect all of this, trying to, bring it in what we are going to try and do on the show is essentially have some of the beat reporters on, have some fans on as well that are going to go to these practices to give all you guys kind of your one-stop shop to be able to see or know everything that happened today. Um, and every single day during camp, during the preseason games, all that sort of stuff, we will have all these update videos, some longer than others, some shorter than others, depending on what happens. So look, we appreciate everybody that has joined us. Again, if you we will be tweeting out what we see. We follow all the guys over on, on Twitter and make sure that we kind of retweet all the little updates so none of you guys miss it as well. So you can follow us over on at Irish Bear Show over on Twitter. We are on Instagram, pretty much anywhere you can get kind of 
your podcast, anywhere you can get your social media stuff. So make sure that you do follow us on all those platforms. We do appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow. I think Noel will be back with our day three of training camp updates. I think the only days we won't be is when there's no practice, but we'll still, if we can get a few guests here or there on those days, we will have a couple of updates in those days as well. So make sure that you do subscribe, tell your friends about the Irish Bear Show. And until next time, all we can say is bear down.